This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we're refining and redefining the sales game. And I'm going to tell you right now, this episode is going to look like the inside of a bag of microwave popcorn because we have the insurance dudes with us and we are bouncing off of all the walls. What's up, boys? All the walls. Hey, what how you is doing? up? What an intro. I yeah, tried my I was, best. I was thinking, the, I, the all end. I thought of was butter. I'm like, okay, I don't get it. Yeah, but like burnt butter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't it know. A, it was a reach. It was definitely a reach. Do you know from an insurance perspective that that's actually a very frowned upon product and from an exposure standpoint, because that art, no, the artificial butter that they put into it, I actually wrote a large, I wrote a large commercial bakery, but I had to prove that they weren't using that in their operation because it causes popcorn lung. Hmm. What is popcorn lung? Oh, that's it what is. all the kids are getting from the vape. That's from days. the vape, right? Yeah. From and apparently, like, too from much like, microwave popcorn butter if you've been running lines of that. Yeah. Well, I don't, so, so I don't understand. Like, if you just eat the, the popcorn butter, no, you have you're to inhaling it. it. You're in a commercial bake. In the, in the plant. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Okay. So, so maybe the vape boxing. isn't bad. Maybe the vape isn't bad. They've just been doing a lot of microwave popcorn. Right. It's either that or a vape <laughs> is no worse for you than a bag of microwave popcorn <laughs> i mean interesting things to consider that's how i you know justify my vaping <laughs> habit <laughs> love it yeah so listen man i um i don't know how much our audiences intersect so why don't we just take a couple of seconds and start with you craig tell everybody kind of who you are and you know, what your story is in the insurance world and how you got there. And then I want to move into some of the other stuff that we were talking about before we hit the button. So interesting. I'm usually on the other side asking the questions. So this is kind of fun. Um, I have been an agent for about 12 years for, I don't think I can say what company. Can I? No, just no. Yeah. Yeah. It's not worth it. (laughs) Um, But so uh, a captive carrier, I've uh, been doing that for about 12 years. I came from Merrill Lynch prior to that, um, did that for a while. Uh, and the opportunity to own my own business came along and I looked at it and it, and it, it seemed it made sense at the time 
which was right before the market crashed in 2008. So it was really, really good timing. I'm, I'm good at that, at, at finding those <laughs> opportunities. That, so um, yeah, I bought it. It was two locations and it immediately lost premium. I didn't know how to manage people. I did not know how to hire people. I didn't, I, you know, I came from being a lone wolf, just, you know, going out, getting assets, being a sales guy. And so I, I learned a lot really quick. Uh, but you know, during that, it was a, it was a tough time. Uh, and we had to figure out, okay, so we've lost a lot of premium. Now we need to turn it back around. And, and we, we eventually did, um, we've turned it and now we've grown and, uh, now we've opened a third location. Uh, Jason and I connected about what, two years ago, I think two and a half years ago, we, we met, started talking on the phone and we're having a lot of fun talking on the phone, um, going, just talking strategy, different marketing ideas. And we're like, wait a minute, this is actually decently funny. I mean, you know, at least we're laughing. We could, (laughs) we could do a podcast. And so we, we put together this podcast, or, you know, we, we just started asking people to come on the podcast and, and we figured it was a way that we could, it was a way we could meet other agents that were producing more than us and selfishly learn from those conversations. So, and here we are now it's been, we're almost at 200 episodes. So by, yeah, by the way, if you sniff enough microwave popcorn mm-hmm. powdered butter, it's funny to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll get to 200 episodes. Maybe yep. if you don't <laughs> die first, but what, what about you, Jason? What's your, I mean, how did you go from the epic hairband picture that I saw from what appeared to be <laughs> roughly 1985 to where you are today? That's amazing. I man. love that pick, man. That is permanently ingrained in my head. <laughs> well, that's what I thought. That's what I thought I was going to do for the rest of my life is play music. I dropped out of high school to play music and then, uh, you know, started touring with bands for, for a few years and then moved to Hollywood and life kind of fell apart for a while. And then uh, picking up the pieces of my life after I got married and realized, hey, you know what? Um, I need something more stable. Went back to school, uh, worked in the restaurant industry, tried to open up some bars, be, you know, worked in bars while I went back to school. And then at the end of that, I said, you know what? Um, I was going through school, got my business degree. And I said, if if by the end of this, I don't know what to do, then I'm going to do what my wife's uh, family did and and get into insurance. They all had hmm. seemed pretty stable. I wanted to be able to have nights and nights nights off for the family and stuff like that. So that's when I I bought it, an agency for a ridiculous amount of money, as much as a house in California, and uh, got into it. Realized that if I continue this, I'm going to make less than I did bartending. Uh, so that's when I needed to figure out how to, how to sell, how to, how to hawk some insurance. So, um, that, that's kind of what brought us on the, on the journey from there, met Craig, uh, you know, developed a whole bunch of processes in the office and then, uh, opened a second insurance agency. So I've only been doing this for, gosh, almost four years now, I think. And then, uh, yeah. You're just a baby, it's been man. Fun. I know. I <laughs> I didn't realize that. That's that's young. Four years. Craig was still trying to figure out how to manage people, yeah. and <laughs> I had basically almost run my agency into the ground at that point. Yeah. So that's <laughs> perfect. That's, so uh, we're all in a yeah. great place. Yeah, it's great, man. Um, everybody, <laughs> hope you get some really good tips from this. Um, oh, popcorn. 
Yeah, but talk. So, I mean, obviously, you start the podcast because you're having fun shooting the breeze. It's funny. You guys, honestly, it's a good time to come on there and talk with you guys. It's it's fun. Um, (laughs) But it's morphed into its own thing, man. I mean, look, having done this now since April, April 1st. Yeah. 200 episodes is a lot because, I mean, (laughs) we're we just dropped episode 25 today. And I've watched it graduate, gra- you know, we've gradually increased, right? So mm-hmm. we do, we we started on Wednesdays only. And then I had a lot of feedback from people who said, look, I'd, we'd really like to hear something more technical. So we started doing our shop talk series on Friday. Then I realized that I was over batching as we waited for Kyle's wife to have the baby. And I have this huge backlog of people and I'm like... I still know a ton more people that I can have on the show. Let's go ahead and drop Monday too. So we're hitting Monday, Wednesday, and Friday right now. I can't even imagine what 200 episodes is like. It's it's funny. Right around 25 episodes is where Craig and I started figuring out, okay, like we put a – I'll never forget too. It was like last year right around this time. We put together a structure. We're like, well – Heck, if we're, we're starting to do this now, it's once a week. We started doing the same thing maybe twice a week. And we're like, well, we need to put together a structure. Like the most successful people that do this kind of thing have – it's like when the movies you drop or something. You know what I mean? You like – you need that consistency. You need to know like these days I, you know, I can count on these guys to come out with something. So that's when we put more of a structure together. And um, yeah, like it just kind of just – you know how it is. It's like with the agencies and stuff, you get into it and then you start putting more and more together and you just like, oh, okay, wait a minute. Like we're really going to, now we want to take it to the next level. <laughs> well, and, and if you don't have that structure, then it just, I mean, what, what, there's so many things to do, right? Just like, I mean, just like with the agency, just like with, there's so many shiny objects, there's Facebook, there's LinkedIn, there's, there's all these places you need to, you need to throw this information out? Do, do you do the EP? Do you have these little smaller sections? So, I mean, there's just so much. And um, once we had that structure in place and then we realized, okay, there's actually people listening to this thing. Holy crap. You know? And so then, then we're bringing in, you know, an editor and then we're bringing in the people like we have at our agencies so that we don't have to now do these things. And it gives us more time for the creative, more time to get the next guest. Like we had Garrett White from Wake Up Warrior on last week. Like we interviewed him, we dropped that today, and it, it was—I mean, it's awesome. And then every time you get that—that that level, then you can whoop. Then you can level up a little bit from that, and level up a. Not that there's really anybody higher up than Garrett, but I'm just—I I don't want it, him man. to come after me. Yeah, I get it. I, I doubt he's probably listening. He's probably not nah. listening. <laughs> Especially if he sees our name, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so right. here's here's my question. I mean, 200 episodes in. I'm sure you have a great listening base. I'm interested in like, from your perspective, what's the coolest thing that's happened as a result of you guys having the podcast from each of your perspective? Like what's the, what's the number one thing that has just been like, wow, this, this validates everything that I'm doing. I really can see that there's a purpose behind what we're doing now. Well, I mean, we got in it to help our, I mean, selfishly to help ourselves, right? We, we said, we're going to help other people. We didn't think anybody's going to listen. Um, and as we got better, I mean, we listened to the early ones. It's like, holy crap, what a train wreck. And, and I think we've gotten pretty good at it. And, um, I mean, we'll get emails, Facebook messenger and, and it's agents like, Hey, I just started, you know, six months ago, I've listened to everything and you've 
helped me get to where I am from listening to this. And it's like, wow, this is freaking awesome. I mean, I, I it's, it's mind boggling. Um, and we've helped them be successful, right? So that's really cool. And then obviously we wanted to be able to monetize at some point, um, you know, there, so we struggled with that, um, a little bit trying to figure out how are we, is it going to be ad revenue? Is it what, what's that going to look like? And then we did come across some things that we could do. We talked about later, but, um, yeah, it's just been, it's been super from, from my standpoint, it's been super rewarding to have the feedback where they they're getting results as a result of listening to us. It's really cool. Nice. Well, yeah. What about you, Jason? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I always think about that. It's, it's just so weird. So it's weird that we, you know, we get the reward of talking to really cool people like you and like just other awesome business dudes. And we get to, you know, pick everyone's brain, which I, I would never have done before because I wouldn't have the time, right? You're always working on the agency or something. So it's forced me into doing that. And then to hear that people listen to this and because of us being the linchpin in the middle, they get to listen yeah. to like our world listens, gets to listen to you and gets great value from it. And to be the middle guy in that is so cool. Cause it's like, I don't know. You, you, yeah, you get those cool emails and that makes you feel awesome and you're stoked for these people. And then, and I feel like, you know, we get a ton of value from, from talking to, to people like you. So it's, it's been uh, super rewarding. It's always interesting, man, because you never know who's on the other end listening, right? And you never mm-hmm. know, like, is it carrier people? Is it producers? Is it <laughs> yeah. just friends? Random, like, who, yeah, yeah who, it, it, I don't have that many family members to justify the number of downloads <laughs> we have, but you know, you always wonder, and then you get that just random out of left field. And I mean, to me, that is the coolest thing. I I agree with you, Craig, that you'll get. The, I mean, I literally probably get a message every day, sometimes two yeah. messages a day from people who are just saying, "Look, I want to let you know, keep doing what you're doing. Here's a deal that I got." you know, because of this. And, you know, with what we talk about, obviously our worlds are a little bit different because I'm Mm -hmm. in the middle market and independent. Um, So we're not necessarily speaking the exact same language, but, you know, when somebody sends you a message says, Hey, look, by the way, I got a $50,000 revenue deal into my agency today and I'm going to make $25,000 because I literally took a tip that I heard on your podcast. That's Mm -hmm. huge to me. We mm-hmm. Kyle had one. What was what was you had the deal with the the company, right? Yeah, with uh, with RPM. With RPM, tell yeah. him about that. Yeah, that was cool. So I mean, they're, they're yeah, you know, if you, he gets a lot of deals, <laughs> so it's not that big. Yeah, which which one are you talking about again? Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> um, no they're, by, they're by the way, time out, time out for one for once in the last two months, you were on the wrong end of the beard game, brother. We've had all of these. We've about? had all these people on here. Oh, you're it, right. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's like, got a beard. Everybody is just like Grizzly Adams. Bunch freaking, of nerds. Yeah, like Merlin Olson <laughs> is somebody that we're interviewing. <laughs> and here I am with no beard. But I, even, yeah, I even trimmed it up story. a little bit. No, so so there are, there are pays you go uh, third party that you know you can link up with um, payroll companies to do that. that won't administer pay as you go if they don't hold the, the workers comp policy themselves. Um, you know, you can, you can bring them in. And I, um, I do, I honestly, I don't even remember what episode it was or, you know, how it even got brought up, but we must've been talking about a deal and I mentioned them and how, you know, they were able to come in and help on this one account. And, uh, a couple people from RPM reached out to me and were like, 
you know, Hey, you know, we heard your podcast. We had, you know, so-and-so from some other state, I think South Carolina reach out and say, you know, that, that they heard it on, on our podcast and they had a bunch of business to send them and, and, you know, so that, that was pretty cool. I mean, cause that's yeah. completely unintentional. It, I was just telling a story about a deal that, that we won and, you know, the, um, you know, the consequence of that was, was them getting more business. So I, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, so on the flip side of, of the, um, question we just asked, I guess, what's the, what's been the biggest challenge? I know you'd mentioned Craig, you know, struggling, trying to figure out how to monetize and then, you know, also putting a, putting a set plan together, but has there been, you know, one thing that stood out as your biggest challenge as you've put this together? Well, once we landed on what we were going to do and, and it always, it, it seems to go back to you do what you know what to do, right? Like, it's like, why are we trying to search for the thing when we already know how to do something? So in our agencies, I, well, Jason and his agency from the start, was was telemarketers internet leads and you know push them to the producers close right so he had this he basically russell brunson it right a funnel like a a phone funnel if you will right mm-hmm. so he had the system and he, and he created the system so thereby you can you can really easily measure and track and get your cost per sale and, and make it very very easy to understand and have the analytics about your business right which in this world, and especially in the captive world, there isn't a lot of insight into the analytics. People are like, if, if we ask somebody, what's your cost per sale right now on XYZ leads? And they'll go, what's mm-hmm. cost per sale, right? Mm-hmm. And so so we were like, that's, that's a lot of fun too, is educating that. Because it's like, if you don't know what your cost per sale is, then we got, you know, there's some issues here. We got to figure that out. You're just dumping money. And this is why you constantly hear leads suck. I don't want to, because there's just no structure. Um, so I think that the challenge was understanding that the thing that we needed to do was the thing that we were doing in our own agencies that was getting the results. Cause then when I opened my third location, I did, I basically cloned what he was, what Jason was doing at his location. Um, and it just, and it worked, I mean, it didn't work immediately. So that was that was also challenging because, you know, I, we opened the doors November 1st. I actually bought the building and closed on November 1st too. So that was a wild day. Um, but, sure. you know, we're like moving stuff in and people are on the phones. It was crazy. <laughs> um, but, but then, you know, as we settled in, we get to mid-December and I'm buying probably fifteen to $20,000 in leads a month. And so, you know, a lot of money is going out, but there's still no nothing coming in from this project. And I, I remember there was a night like right before Christmas, I, I'm, I'm on the phone. I mean, we were on the phone constantly, but I'm like, dude, we're not writing enough. Like this isn't working. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's different. You know, I'm coming up with all the why it's not workings. And he's like, look, it works. It just takes a little time for the machine to start rolling. And we and then literally the next month, it's like it exploded. And, and we're you know, we had the biggest month we've ever had. But it. But it's like having that patience and and overcoming the fear of all that money going out and nothing coming in yet was was scary. And then here's Mr. Advice is saying, buy more leads. That's what he said. I'm like, dude, I'm $800 a day or $1,000 a day I, uh, <laughs> and not getting results. So. Well, um, I mean, you know, look, yeah. he he was certainly somebody who had credibility after yeah. a few bar, attempts at opening a bar and a couple of restaurant jobs. <laughs> right. I, mean, I, I would have taken his advice, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> no, but I mean, I'm interested in that. I, I would tell you, I, I do have one question that I want to get into a little bit about what you guys are doing because you're offering that as a service is what I'm assuming mm-hmm. at this point. But, but I'm interested as to, uh, cause I'm, we don't really have other people who have podcasts come on. So, um, <laughs> I, I'm interested as to like what the biggest surprise is that's happened to you, like in the middle of an interview. Oh, I, I know one that happened recently. We <laughs> this is good. We booked. Um, so we we just switched platforms. We switched over to Skype, which I don't know if that's going to work. But um, we were uh, switched over to Skype, and so there's no waiting room in Skype. So we kind of went over on one interview, and all of a sudden the other person popped in <laughs> while we're on, <laughs> on and recording. Yeah, while we were already recording something, and instead of stopping, like like someone like an intelligent person would do, <laughs> we kept going, and we were like laughing and like just it, grip I, it and rip it, man. Yeah, why not? <laughs> we did it, and then we had to chop it all up, and I still haven't listened to it. I don't know. If I still am not sure because our editor is in Pakistan, and sometimes the <laughs> communication it just it you know right. <laughs> That's awesome. He's a great dude. <laughs> He's really cool. Yeah, good guy. What about what about you, Craig? Biggest surprise? Uh, I mean, I, some of the biggest surprises have just been who we've been able to land. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I can't. We got so we didn't get Ty Lopez, but we got his partner, um, Doctor Alex. Who, I mean, he was a NASA scientist, and like he he started MentorBox. So he's like he's a big. He started Zeusk, the dating site, and then he sold it for. Was it like two hundred and fifty million dollars? It was. It, it was, was like two seventy. Yeah, two seventy. Like, I mean, and I'm like, and you're you're on here, you know, like, but <laughs> yeah. but I just I just kept. That's all he does now is travels the podcast circuit. He's yeah. got plenty of money. He doesn't but, care. But yeah. it was super cool. Like, I think like like meeting people and then bringing outside information into this space, which is traditionally especially in the captive in the box, you know, stay in here. Don't go look out here. Don't talk to anybody and bringing mm-hmm. people in that they would never interact with and, 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 and showing, connecting it for them and, and, and creating like, Hey, look, this guy created this huge thing, sold it now is doing this. And he's able, you know, we're able to take some of that information and use it in our own agencies. I mean, that's, that's awesome. And just that they're there like, super cool. And, and they're, and most of them are totally down to earth. You know, it's just, it, it, it has been awesome. I get have really you, excited. Have you ever that. had somebody on, like, Kyle and I joke about this all the time because we'll finish recording with somebody and I'll be like, oh yeah, that is freaking money. Crushed it. We're just going <laughs> to destroy it. And then, and then we'll have somebody on that's like a wet noodle and that's the one that uh, gets all the downloads. Like everybody's you, all over it. You don't, uh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, so well, it's here's weird. a funny. Yeah. I'll Here give you, you a funny uh, inside of of the podcast. Like, if it gets too insurancey, I tend to glaze over. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I want I want to know a little bit about people. Like, I want to like I'm super curious on people's like lives and everything, right? But if it gets too insurance, where it's like, it's like that trying to sell the transaction, the the you know, and having that transactional. I get into that mode and it's like, I glaze over, but then to your point, all of a sudden that one gets the most downloads probably mm-hmm. cause I shut up, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's just, it's funny, man, because that it's every single time. So I've gotten to the point now where I just don't say anything. Like I mean, I'm completely, 
you know, non-emotional at all about, I, I don't say, oh, that's going to be great. That one's not. I mean, we've had some that definitely will be because of that, but yeah. it, it always cracks me up that that's yeah. the case. Do, do, so do. I'm not, I'm not going to weigh in on my thoughts of this particular episode <laughs> at any time. <laughs> I can do you know that because we're not on our own. So I can yeah. say that. Yeah. Even though that. I don't know. So we, we had Patrick bet David on, do you know who that is? Mm-hmm. He has a, he has a big, you know, value tainment, this whole thing. So, and a, and a big insurance. So, so we had him on and he's super intense and, and it was a little, you know, I mean, he was, we, we, we definitely married Sweat. up on this episode. Right. And so we're, we're like, I mean, I was sweating. I was nervous. He like zoned out over here I, and, and I'm like, you need to go. You need to go. I don't, I'm done. I don't know. I don't have anything to ask. I'm freaked out. And, and he <laughs> asked the same question I just asked. It and this was guy so said, bad. the guy said something like, um, wh- what did he say? He was, he said, uh, been hitting that freaking popcorn butter something (laughs) something to the effect of not paying attention when you're in you know it was it was very interesting directed the answer the answer to the question was was basically insulting me and and i asked the same question but like in a kind of a different way it was yeah i just right when you said i'm like oh no (laughs) the problem is we're doing like what we did today like we recorded an episode right before this right so like my attention i'm i have add so does craig and so like it's just hard to yeah so it's like hard like when you have a whole day and we did like a me forget the stuff that you've talked about and who you asked what and yeah 100 percent. yeah it's like i've been talking all day right I, i don't know there, there will I mean, be a moment that I zone out. I'm sorry. I listen, fancy boy with three, yeah, fancy boy with three names. I get a break, okay? <laughs> Kyle, rule number one: nobody with three names ever comes on the show. Ever. I'm good with it. Three first names or just three names? Maybe just the hyphen. No hyphen. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, okay, yeah. By the way, when did this hyphenated thing ha- start happening to men? Like, I, if you're an NFL receiver, you've got a 50 percent chance you've got a hyphenated <laughs> last name if you're a receiver in the NFL right now. It's true. I, I don't even it. understand it. Like, I don't like, where do you pick this? Are you taking like your mother's maiden name and your father's name? Are you hyphenating your name with your is. wife's name? You're how, giving how away work? the password to your bank account by doing that. Yeah, I mean, probably so. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's, it's so crazy, man. You can do a I, whole I podcast know. on that. Interview those people. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Find out the probably. real story profiling at this point um but my my question at this point is you guys have the facebook group i'm in there i stalk i watch what's going on i think that it's interesting again your model is so much different than what we do that i learn something every time i see posts and things like that just you know truthfully about the captive world in general because Mm -hmm. i don't i don't understand it why don't you talk a little bit about that and sort of what you're doing to bring some of the tools that you're using to be successful in your agencies out to other people. Craig. Okay. Did you just zone Craig? Did you just talk about zoning and then I called you out? You were going It's Uh, late in the afternoon. So um, it's, it's, being able to it, it, to the previous question, David. I mean, it, it's it's being able to bring those things that we that we get outside and into this world. Because I don't know that there's a tremendous. I think that captive is is if you're going to do that Venn diagram, is the circle in the middle, and then everything else keeps going around it. Right? There's less tools and less stuff there. 
But what we found when we started exploring out of the little tiny box that we were in is, wow, there's a lot of stuff out here. There's this thing called automation. There's this, you know, there's video marketing. There's, there's all these things that, that we like all of a sudden our eyes are open to. We're like, we have to share this with everybody. And, um, you know, it's, it's been awesome being able to do that. Uh, you know, tons of names that, you know, kind of, we see in these circles, you know, like, uh, you know, Austin Moorhead does that automation. Um, Nick Ayers is another guy that's, that's funny. If you follow him on Facebook, that does the video stuff, you know, like, I mean, some of the posts he puts up, I'm like, if, if, a if an agent with my carrier put the post that, that Nick does, I think that there would be an issue and it's, you know, it's hilarious. Uh, so yeah. I think that if the carriers Nick has contracts with knew that he posted <laughs> some of the things that he does, they would have an issue. Yeah. And look, Nick and I are good friends, man. Yeah. So I can, I can bust his chop, but yep. uh, yeah, yep. no, like the uh, whole fanny pack uh, out by his pool with nothing else on. <laughs> Righty roller Today there was a doll. Oh, a, a, naked a one. doll. Yeah. yeah. The doll. I didn't. I haven't been on there today. I haven't had any time to <laughs> screw around and get lost in in what is known as the the airs rabbit hole. But yeah, airs <laughs> hole. But I but I think it's pretty cool, man. You guys are taking uh you're, you're taking your podcast and you're creating it into more of a tangible community. And I think that the thing that's interesting is, you know, from my perspective, number one, and, and I hope that the people who are listening to this understand the sincerity that's behind it. But I'll get a phone call from somebody to talk about something or other. And the first thing that I hear is, oh, my gosh, it's really you, man. You're like you're talking to me. You're on the phone. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I, you know, you're, we have a podcast. I can record something and upload right. it to the Internet. That's the extent <laughs> of my skill. Right. Like there's like there's nothing special to what five we do, time but, Academy Award winner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's it's interesting to me that that's the perception. And that seems to be the perception across the board for the people who loyally listen or read the con listen to or read content that you put out. They tend to hold you in a different light. And, you know, I don't think it's celebrity status by any stretch of the imagination, but it basically reminds me I really better make sure I'm behaving myself yes. all the time because people are watching that I don't even realize are watching. But I think yeah. that what you're doing by creating a Facebook group around the podcast is you're actually putting people in a position where they can interact with somebody they normally would simply have one way communication with. And I think that that's an interesting twist to it. I have something similar um, because we've basically built a social network on the back end of killing commercials. So I have a similar platform, but it's on my own domain because let's face it, Zuckerberg can get a bug up his rear end anytime he wants, change the algorithm. And my business is then lost. You know, yeah. so I want to I want to control all that content in those conversations. But it, it's pretty cool to interact with people in, in that capacity as well, because I think that it um, breeds loyalty and, um, you know, you can you can drive further change that way. And and like the psychology of it's the same. People used to listen to radio and then and then there was TV and it's the repetition of it that that that's when you start. I don't know. It's almost like you know them, right? Like I feel like I know you. We've only talked Never met. a couple of times. And, I could probably yeah. walk right past you on the street and you'd have no clue who I was. <laughs> right. Right. Other than the fact I'm freakishly gigantic, but aside from that, you know, you're good. 
but that's the but that's the point though. Like 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 I feel like I know you. I'm sure you feel like you kind of know me and Craig a little bit. And then like, dude, Craig and I have never met in person. We've never met in person. Hmm. True story. That's crazy. How many that hundreds is, of hours? Hundreds of hours that we've been on the phone and thousands. Hey, thousands. This, reminds me of, this reminds me of catfish. <laughs> biggest surprise in history right there. That's the biggest yeah. surprise for me is that these right, two guys yeah. don't even have never even met each other in person. That's and we're not even so that where, far. Where, where are I mean, you guys? I'm in Tucson, Arizona, and he's in Huntington Beach. I mean, he's eight hours away by car, you know, an hour. Well, I guess you can't really fly too much anymore, but yeah. Right. <laughs> Unless you have some strong that's, arms. Yeah, that's yeah. nuts, man. Yeah. And so like, and it goes back to the insurance agency, all the tools that we have now. We can become family with someone. By just recording videos or whatever with our phone or recording podcasts or whatever and create the same. Somebody came on and they were saying that psychologically they did a, a test. David Meerman Scott. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Three names. Another three name guy. Three name. Mark Another Mark three names. <laughs> yeah. He was saying that psychologically, if it your brain associates being in the same room with someone, if you're looking at them through like – like a lens, like we're looking at each other and it does, it does chemically does the same thing inside your brain and you get just as excited and everything else. And it's just interesting to me that, um, that, that we have these tools and, and yeah, we're, who knows? It's it's why video proposals have become so normal. I don't know if you guys are are allowed to do them or if you do that for us, for us, (laughs) It's video proposals for us nonstop, right? So we didn't skip a beat going into COVID because we already had all of the technology needed for us to be able to go in and pitch an account and record that presentation just as if we were sitting across the the table from them. We've been doing it for two or three years now. Mm -hmm. And I think think it's nuts because the old school way – is what I, you know, that's still what I relate to. I want to put on the suit and tie, go in, you know, close the deal, shake somebody's hand, look them in the eye, thank them for their business. But the biggest mistake, and I, you know, everybody's going to say, oh, here comes the part where David talks about the biggest mistake that people make because it's, <laughs> I, I literally talk about it all the time. But, you know, I think that, that, that we make the mistake of expecting people to receive information where we want them to receive it instead of meeting them where they want to receive that information. So yep. I don't care if you're a middle market company or a homeowner's client or, or, or life client or whatever else. If you can get the information in front of that person and allow them to receive it in a time where it's convenient to them, you're always going to be more successful. And in fact, this is, this is the second time I've talked about this today because we mm-hmm. were talking about it with Mike Crowley this morning. And I, I used the example. I said, you know, it might be that a couple can only review your presentation at nine o'clock at night after they've gotten the kids in bed and they can finally sit down on the couch and pull it up on a laptop. You yep. just gave them what they didn't have the ability to do because they both work all day and couldn't get to an office or use a phone to call you. And I've, I've sold accounts that are over $100,000 in premium over a video proposal and the people have thanked me. People watch them at two in the morning. They watch them at five in the morning, whatever. But we're getting our message out there. And the other nice part about it is you're capturing analytics and things because you're sending it digitally. Mm-hmm. Totally. 
You know, if they watched it, it, you know how long they watched it. You, I mean, you know, know all this. I mean, it's, it's that's yeah. just that's just a good business lesson, right? It's yeah. just you, you know, we all serve an audience whether it be a podcast or insurance agency or the bakery down the street, we serve an audience and we have to deliver it uh, in the way that the people that, you know, the clients want, want it. That's how a business is uh, successful. It's common sense. But if you think about it, how many times, and I'm not going to point fingers at anybody here, but you know, I know what I'm guilty of. How many times have I tried to force somebody into my way of doing things you're already starting that relationship off on the wrong foot. How subservient are you in offering a great client experience if you're not stopping and listening to them? They're basically, they'll tell you what they want and how to do it. We just don't slow down enough to listen because we're so focused on getting the order that we don't realize it's slipping through our hands because they're telling us what they want us to know and we're just not there. We're not yeah. we're glazed over and not listening. Yeah. Yep. In the captive it's a, world, it, it's it, the the mantra is you've got to sell value, take it off, you know, take the focus off price, and and all of this, and and that's great, but you need to get there, right? You you don't start the call, especially with leads, by by I'm going to change their mind right now in the first thirty seconds. It's it's you know, Jason says this all the time, and it's how we train the our, our producers in our offices. You got to meet them where they are, which you just said, um, and they want quick, easy. Um, and and cheap, right? We're not going to give them quick, easy, and cheap, but we at least need to start the conversation with quick, easy, and cheap, and then it's going to yeah, evolve. absolutely. You know, do you guys know Jeff She? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. so I mean, I don't know what his model is like now. I I've talked to him a couple of times. I've I've heard him, but I mean, he's he's got Quote Hound, which is his gig, right? So it's all click to call stuff like that. I'm assuming that what you're talking about is very, very similar to that general concept as far as the phone leads that you're getting, right? Are you, are you doing like a, you're, you're buying click to call phone leads and that's what's coming in or how, what does that look like? Because I was always, I've always been intrigued by it because it's completely foreign to what we do. Everything we do is a hundred percent self-generated cold call. Mm -hmm. We don't, we don't buy leads or anything like that. Now I do we do display and search ads and we do YouTube because I've gone through made you look with Nick and all of that other stuff. But I mean, by and large, the majority of our business is built by just wearing out shoe leather, knocking on doors. Mm -hmm. So your process that you're in now though, I mean, explain a little bit about what that's because you guys, let me just make sure I understand you're, you have a service, right? Where you will allow other agents to participate in buying leads through your service or what, what does that look like? Or you have t- appointment setters. I was just trying to get my arms around it based off of what I saw. A little yeah, bit so of all hit, of that. Yeah, it is a little bit yeah. of all that. <laughs> so we, we, we literally um, started a service that is the same stuff that we do in our agency and it, and it's building a machine to create a virtual line out the door. Um and that all came from Craig and I, I mean, it's like, you know, how do you create a line out the door? Um, so it all started with live transfers. It worked well in my agency. So then I said, well, what are the, what are the lead companies doing to do that? So they were just had a whole bunch of people in other, uh, in other countries calling on the leads that they were already acquiring and then transferring over to agents. So I said, okay, well, let's just build that in the agency. So that's pretty much what uh, that what we did in our agency. And that's how the Teledudes were born. And it's a system where you're creating, you, you basically can have a telemarketing team 
and throw in all of those old leads, right, that have run through all of our automations and everything that kind of that just sit there. They, they're going to get followed up with with automation. So, but it's it's really nice to be able to catch. You got to catch people off guard, you know. So um, so it, we've created a system where you dump in your old leads, new leads, all kinds of leads, and you just they're dialing them nonstop on the back end. And they're transferring them over to you or at least letting them know, you know, appointment setting if that's what you want, but really trying to transfer them over to you and then continue that. So you're dumping in the old leads, keeping those going in the system, dumping in new leads. And we do provide, um, so we've partnered with some lead companies to get, you know, something that we call the dollar dude leads, dollar leads, and which suck if you and I call them. If you run them through automations, some of them would be pretty good. But really, when you're throwing them through the sifter of the telemarketers, they're going to be able to really sift through those leads, get those people transferred over, close the deals, and bring down your cost per policy on all your leads. So it works in the back end. I look at it like a like you're you're squeezing the the extra juice out of your leads. And if it's continual, then you're really getting a low cost per policy. Mm-hmm. Craig, what's and your take? Well, and it, so so important to, to, to take is that it's not live transfers, right? Because you pay a certain amount, you get the live transfer immediate, and but it's some ridiculous price, right? Click to call. Okay, great. You have that, but it's not in a system. It's all kind of everywhere. We, I've done that, and it, it's, it, it didn't work for our agency because it wasn't like there, it, it wasn't a system. Like it didn't, it didn't integrate. And so this integrates into the system. They see all the leads. They're captured. It's their equity, right? It's their system. So we don't touch it. We don't mess with their data. But they they own their data, which nobody else, no other lead provider, has you own the data, right? Well, at least live transfers. So so now you build that machine. And the other thing that we do is we pull in all the different resources. So we pull in the training. We pull in the the hiring. Like I've had telemarketing, I'm sure you've had telemarketing teams in, in your office or, you know, something close to that. I've had it in my office. I've had as many as 10 in my office. It was like having monkeys in my office. Like it was, it was ridiculous, right? So I'm, I was constantly hiring. I'm constantly recruiting, doing a million different things where now we've systematized it. We've been able to scale so that it's, it's very simple and it takes all of that work and pain in the you know rear that an agency would have if they're going out and doing that and enabling them just to basically plug and play. The only thing they need to do is heat that data up, right? It, it takes a while for the data to really start going. You know, when you're looking at a 45 day lead time or something like that, if you don't close them at the front, but man, once it's cooking, then it works. Well, I mean, it's no different in content marketing, right? I mean, when you guys were talking about the scenario before about how um, you were getting ready to, to give up originally mm-hmm. with your, your, you're going through it. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, this is no different than blogging or anything else because it takes time for that stuff to work. And I wish there was a way to measure, there's no way to do this, but I wish there was a way to measure how many people quit right before the tipping point. Most. Because yeah. I think that almost everybody out because obviously the people who are successful stuck it out. And so they're always going to be raving fans, but it's different 
for every person how that's going to work for them and who their audience is and everything else. And, you know, it's it's interesting to uh, to think about. But I mean, I think you just described the exact same thing. And, you know, it's like any other system. You have to give it time. And I think that agents, by and large, at least in my experience, are relatively impatient people. You know, we want results right now. Everybody's looking for the magic wand that they can throw some coin at. And the next thing you know, it's just going to automatically close business for them. And that tool doesn't exist, period. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's crazy to think that they would somebody would expect it to. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think people need to be more patient and persevere through those things. And again, going back to something else that you guys said, no different than the podcast, you have to have a system and some structure mm-hmm. in place. You know, for me, content creation is number one. Every day, it's the very first thing that I do. It's out of the way. And if I use it that week, great. If I don't, I've got a library that I can pull from down the road if I end up not being able to, to create content. But it's a matter of people figuring out what their priorities are and creating a structure around it. And his head's going to get big when I say this, but (laughs) you know, for all of the crazy stuff that Nick, Nick airs posts, one of the things he said that's resonated with me over time is that good advertising and lead generation magnifies bad processes. Mm. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than having a ton of leads come in and you're not ready for them. Yep. Yep. And, that that's really well, easy to happen in the internet world and you're and yep. as humans right we we never want to take the blame and, and and agents can you know have a little bit of ego type a they don't want to say that they're the one that screwed up on this so it's everything else and so it, it's it's really important you know that's something that garrett talked about a lot was you know you first you look in the mirror you have to understand that that if it's if it's broken it's you it's nobody else right it's it's mm-hmm. and and so okay why is it broken why do the leads suck? Okay, the leads are no different over here than they are over here. It's a name, a number, and a car. Like it doesn't. The leads matter. aren't weak. You're weak. Exactly right. <laughs> Always be coffee. closing. Yeah, put, put that, that coffee down. Brass yep. balls. So yeah. I, I mean, you know who I, I am. <laughs> I think one of the things is is like we got to realize we wear two hats. One hat is the agent, right? And there's a ton of great agents out there. Mm-hmm. But there are very few great agents that are also great business people. You know, I, like I, I am, I'm a horrible agent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I would feel that I lean better towards the business side than I do the agent side. Um, and I like, like, you know, we, we all got to know our strengths and weaknesses, but I think as a whole agents don't approach their business like a business like they like and we talk about this uh, on the podcast a few weeks ago is that agents wear not uh spending money on their business as like a badge of honor like i don't mm-hmm. buy leads it's like are you nuts like yeah, if the, yeah right. if the business down the street like they wouldn't say oh i don't <laughs> you know i don't spend anything on advertisement as they're barely getting anybody to walk in the door you would say you're an idiot like if it yeah. was your friend right um, I don't think people have, you know, listen, that's a very basic concept, right? I mean, this is not a difficult business analysis to perform. <laughs> How much did I spend on leads? How much did I make off of said leads? Yeah. Did I spend more than I make? End of story, right? And, it. and it's funny, man, because I have people bust my balls all the time. I own FloridaWeddingInsurance.com. 
the average account that I'm calling on in the real world is 25 to 50 grand in agency revenue. But here I have floridaweddinginsurance.com, which pays me 50 bucks every time somebody buys a wedding insurance policy. Now, why do you have that, David? You know, in people are making fun of me. And so number one, because if you're selling six to eight of those policies a day, it's a quote bind issue product and I don't have to touch it. That's over $100,000 a year in income with me not having to do anything. But yeah, let's just say that, you know, I'm spending ad money to do that, right? So I'm going to go spend some ad money to push people to Florida wedding insurance. Guess what? Every single person who buys a policy from FloridaWeddingInsurance.com gets redirected to a thank you page that is a video of me talking to them about all of the milestones that are going to happen in their life and that we have the ability to help them make sure they are protected along the way. And we're not going to be obnoxious about it, but every so often at a, at a moment that is relative to what your wedding day is, you're going to get a message from us about something reminding you like, you need to look at your homeowner's insurance. You need to look at updating your auto. You need to make sure that you have a jewelry floater, whatever it is. And so we're converting those into personal lines accounts from Florida Wedding Insurance, which is the whole reason why I did it. I don't want to sell wedding insurance. I want the lead in my CRM. So while all these fools are out there busting my hump over the fact I'm got this little wedding insurance site, you know, but I'm Johnny Commercial during the day, guess what? <laughs> Every one of them's paying to get personal lines leads and I'm getting paid. So who's the dummy? Right. Totally. That's getting it. Paid for your leads. I love it. And I like yeah. that. That what you're doing right there, it's building. I mean, that's the goal of these things. Of what we're doing, right, is build assets. You built an asset that is paying you to write more business. Like, mm-hmm. and that's the way we got to look at this thing. Like the reason why we started Teledudes and we, we call it the machine is because we're building an asset that if we put a dollar in, we're going to get a dollar 20 out, right? Well, mm-hmm. what if at first you put in a dollar and you get 80 cents? Well, that's fine if you know in a few months that when you put a dollar in, you get a dollar 20. And then, right. you know, a few months later, that dollar 20, now it's a dollar 30. It's either that or you're going to take the money from your business you're going to go invest it with somebody. They're going to take a percentage of that. Then you're going to invest it in somebody else's business that you have no control over. And then hopefully you make four to 6% a year on that as we, you know, go forth. When yeah. You're, yeah when meanwhile, you're where here, else yeah. you're sitting here? Yeah, where else best- are you going to go and get a 20 to 30% return on your money? Right. 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 Crazy. Or even better. Yeah. That's, that's what's that's what's nuts is is in and you're right, man. I hear it all the time. Oh, buying leads is weak. That's that's the rookie league. Whatever. <laughs> okay, fine. That's just more for me. You know, however you're going to do it. We don't we don't buy leads because I have ways to get them for free in the commercial sure. world. There's a lot more stuff that's mm-hmm. available to you. So you know, maybe I could monetize creating leads lists for other people, but I don't know that I could work as cheap as the guys on Fiverr that do it for commercial lists. Um, <laughs> yeah. But all the, all the know. online marketers, they talk about what's your biggest asset, right? As an on, as a marketer or as a business owner, it's your list, right? Your email, it's list. your database. Yeah. Your yep. database is that has huge value, right? That thing has unlocked or uh, un unopened potential, right? That like that mm-hmm. is going to generate money. Every time you press send, something is going to come back. And so whether you get it paid for the way you did, which is very, very, you know, that's ingenious. I love it. Or, or you pay a dollar, you pay $5 or whatever to fill it. 
as long as you're filling it, you're going to grow. And it's not going to be this week. It's not going to be next week to Jason's point. But at some point within the next 90 days, it is. And it's going to blow up as long as you're consistent, right? Nobody's consistent. It's 80-20 yep, rule. I agree. I yep. agree. Well, listen, fellas, we got to wrap up. Definitely want to have you back sometime. Good conversation. But I know that people who are listening to this, they want to know where to find you. I know where to find you. They should know where to find you. But why don't you tell them? You can uh, you can find us on YouTube. You can find us on uh, on uh, iTunes, Spotify, all the every single one of the, the platforms just gets pushed up. Uh, we, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it drops. So if you subscribe, then you definitely uh, are going to get get that done. So and we'll we'll notify you and everything. Um, but more importantly, you got to subscribe to this podcast because yes. they are bringing it. <laughs> there they've started, and and you guys are on fire, and it's awesome, man. I'd it's really fun, man. I'm, yeah. looking, you know, my favorite part about the whole podcast is doing the artwork. So I can tell you, <laughs> dude, which yours is amazing. It's so well, good. There's a, I'm just going to throw this out there. I typically don't give spoilers, but fell there. There's a 100 percent chance you're going to be the weight rack. No. <laughs> yes, hairband, hairband is coming. Hairband is it. coming. I'm talking so like Rick, Ricky Rocket from Open Up and Say Ah, hairband. <laughs> Love it. Yes, I'm excited. Nice. So great. Well, listen, guys, we had a blast. I got to get home and get out of the doghouse because my wife's got some irritable kids, apparently, and she's just hammering my phone right now. So I'm going to wrap up. But listen, had a blast with you guys. Really, thanks for taking the time to come on. Enjoyed talking with you, and uh, we'll definitely have you back soon. Thank you. Love it. Thank you, guys. Take care, fellas. Have a good one. Bye. You too. Later. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com. <laughs>